Hello, everyone, and welcome to Little White Lies. I'm Petty LaBelle. And I'm Christian Black. And together we cover common racial misconceptions, historical inaccuracies, and untold stories about the popular things we enjoy today in American culture. So I don't know about you, but since I've been staying home and staying safe, I've been spending a bunch of time watching or even re-watching movies I've seen a dozen times. Oh, yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's nothing like a good comfort show that you know word for word because you're right. too lazy to watch something new. <laughs> That's facts. I have so many of those, it's embarrassing. The classics are my favorite, though. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, I know one of mine is like Lion King. Ooh, that's a good one. What about a Goofy movie? Oh, really? A Goofy movie? Yeah, man. Who doesn't love the goof? <laughs> I mean, all right. I'll give you that. A goofy movie. What about Charlie and Chocolate Factory? Oh, yeah. That's a good one. But there's nothing like the OG version, though. Ah, oh, for real? Well, I kind of prefer the Johnny Depp one, but the 1971 version is good, too. No, they're both cool, but I mean the OG, OG Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Charlie's Chocolate Boy. Wait, Charlie's what now? Bruh, stop playing with me. You know the one with the black Charlie? It's the first thing that comes up when you Google it. I looked yesterday. At the end of this movie, he becomes a business owner thanks to Wonka and his family. Old dude was getting his coins. Well, chocolate coins, that is. He was still a kid. Wait a minute, huh? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, let me tell you about it. Uh, Go ahead, talk about it. All right, so... Before all the movies, there was the children's book written by Ronald Dull. He was a British novelist who had Norwegian immigrant parents around World War II. The dude was responsible for Matilda, James and the Giant Peach, the BFG. Wait, were they all supposed to be black too? Because my childhood can only take so much. Well, buckle up because the tea is hot. So the original draft of the book was made in 1964. It was named Charlie's Chocolate Boy. Charlie was black, the Oompa Loompas were black, Charlie had both parents, and Willy Wonka had a family. But the publishing company asked for changes. What kind of changes? Well, you know how they do us. Charlie can be black and winning. It's too controversial and unrealistic to some. So his agent told him that he had to change Charlie's race and how the Oompa Loompas were portrayed. But other than that, the story is pretty much the same instead of the ending. There's still seven golden tickets sent out, still a tour of the factory, but the twist is that there's an extra room called the Easter Room, and that's where shit goes down. Oh, no. what they do to this boy? So long story short, this room has, like, these life-size candy molds of these creatures, and Charlie ends up getting molded into one by accident without anyone knowing where he went, which is dark as hell for a children's story. <laughs> dark. <laughs> but anyways, he gets packed and shipped to Wonka's house to be the chocolate boy in Wonka's son's Easter basket. Wait, Wonka had his own kids in this one? Yeah, he got responsibilities, which I guess makes the backstory of Wonka happier than what we've been told. Man, you right on that one. Grown man locked in his house full of candy with little people, then (laughs) randomly decides to invite a bunch of random ass kids? Right? Yeah, less weird if it's his own kid, I guess. But go off. So your boy Charlie's like, ah, damn, waiting for this mold to be cracked open the next day. And then this is where it gets ghetto. Mm. Wonka's house gets robbed by burglars. And then Charlie makes enough noise for Wonka and his family to hear him in the other room and catch him in the act. Oh, wait, are you serious? So, all right. So I'm assuming that the award for this was the factory, right? You'd think, but nope. 
Wonka already had his own son to give the factory to, so instead Charlie was given a store in the city center called Charlie's Chocolate Store. Hmm, alright, so I guess in the end, he had both his parents, mm -hmm. was a black business owner, Facts. and had the nerve to be happy. <laughs> now I see why we controversial. Mm -hmm. Well, this is uncomfortable, and my childhood is devastated. <laughs> but at least we got sports. Well, true, true. But I do miss going to the Dodger Stadium. Nothing like seeing the game in person. Corona sucks. <laughs> That's true. But I think you're talking about Chavez Ravine, right? Chavez who? Cesar Chavez? No, Julian Chavez. He <laughs> was a rancher who later served as assistant mayor. Then he was a city councilman. Okay. Then he eventually became one of L.A.'s county's first supervisors. Hmm. I think it was back in 1844 he started buying up land in what was known as Stone Quarry Hills. It's an area with several separate ravines, including this one. Okay, so we got another Seneca village on our hands. You know how this story goes. The ravine ranged to about 350 acres, and it had three main neighborhoods. Palo Verde, La Loma, and Bishop. Damn, all that? Yeah, it had a grocery store, a church, an elementary school. So many Mexican-Americans that were redlined in other neighborhoods saw Chavez Ravine as a haven. Mm, but then... The city officials attacked. Mm. They decided that Chavez Ravine was ripe for redevelopment and promised that the land would be used as a public housing project. So, they pressured residents to take offers well below the property value, mm. forced residents out through eminent domain, or they even had the nerve to promise a spot to live in the housing unit after the project was done. Ah, big lies, I'm sure. All truth. Mm. But by 1953, they ditched the housing project due to their new mayor of L.A. His name was Norris Polson. Mm, he opposed the public housing project because it was deemed as un-American, quote-unquote. And he was even supported by a bunch of business leaders who wanted the land for private development. Mm, you're joking, right? Nope. The city bought back the land at a much lower price. They made an agreement to use it in any way that they seen fit, as long as it was used for a public purpose. So, after a dozen of evictions, arrests, and one full day of bulldozing homes, we have Dodger Stadium. Dang. What the hell happened to three strikes and you're out? That was they three strikes. Bargaining, blackmail, and eviction. Mm. Well, you can learn more by checking out our social media accounts or our official website where we do weekly petty posts and constant spilling of the tea. This has been Little White Lies. Stay petty, y'all. Stay petty.